Now, the primer of this podcast was my Apple notebook. And it was a truly disgusting and disappointing experience buying this despicable nonsense Apple notebook. Much overvalued, much exaggerated and totally let down piece of engineering and software, whatever you call it. Now the subject is don't trust the media or state narratives unconditionally and my emphasis is on insurgencies especially Afghanistan as seen from a personal angle. I am based in Afghanistan, the land of my ancestors almost since 2004 with irregular intervals. Afghanistan was world's most peaceful place till 1978. In 1970, our family including this scribe traveled in a Volkswagen 1964 model which my father had bought physically walking into the Volkswagen factory in Wurzburg in West Germany in 1964. Our drive from Spenbolduk border opposite Quetta, Balochistan to Kandhar and Kabul and right till Bandar Sher Khan on the Tajik USSR Afghanistan border was the most unforgettable memory of my life. There was no threat. Afghanistan was the most peaceful country in this world. Mind you, opposed to the nonsense narrative that CNN, Fox, BBC and Pakistani channels churn. Afghanistan in 1973 was 1000 times more peaceful than Pakistan or Iran. My grandfather's younger brother, Major Dr. Agha Abdul Samad, described it as a paradise, Firdos. He had stayed there as Afghan army officer and doctor with kings Nadir Shah and Zahir Shah from 1929 to 1945. He later served in the British Indian Army and the Pakistan Army as a doctor from 1945 to 1966 or so. Hippies from Europe were walking on the roads in Afghanistan as we traveled and all the highways the footpaths literally everywhere and mind you hashish was not bad for health. The great historian Edward Gibbon in his writings 
defined it as the edge and the strength which the Saracens or Muslims had over the West. In my service in Pakistan Army, I met hashish smoker officers who topped or excelled all courses, even in Camberley, Fort Knox, Carlisle, or Leavenworth. Now, Afghanistan was forced in hands of USSR by United States stupidities. Afghanistan's strongman Sardar Daud Khan had requested US military and economic help, but the fools sitting on the banks of Potomac River snubbed him. Sardar Daud Khan had no choice but to turn to the USSR. This point has been explained in detail in many memoirs of Afghan diplomats. This led to emergence of a strong USSR lobby in Afghanistan, a direct result of United States blunders and short-sightedness and myopic policies. Ultimately, Daud Khan wanted to get rid of the USSR in 1978, but it was too late and he was too dumb. He had used leftist officers to bring him to power in 1973 and those officers, including my dearest friend, led the coup that overthrew him like a true Paktiyawal Khosti Ghilzai. On the other hand, Qadir, the Air Force commander, a good man, a Baloch, was more careful and sat in his office on the edge, locked, till Vatanjar's tanks were pounding Livana Sardar's palace. Only then the Air Force came on Qadir's orders. That's why I say Baloch are very similar to her dearest in-laws, the Punjabis. Afghanistan note was destroyed by states, USA and UK, and the KSA in lead, followed by Pakistan, smaller Arabs, Mickey Mouse, etc. Pakistan at that time was led by a Paria general who was selling milks, milk and eggs as a colonel and brigadier described in detail by Brigadier Zede Khan in his book, The Way It Was, which was distributed to all Pakistan Army officers in Musharraf era. I interviewed Zede Khan also, and he told me the same thing. My aunt's husband, Brigadier Muin, doing National Defense course in 1972-73, described to me many later three and four-star generals of Pakistan Army who could not buy their cars, batteries, becoming billionaires thanks to the U.S.-Afghan war. So let's be frank. There was no jihad. Indo-Pak had no jihadi tradition, India and Pakistan. Even the Mughals who ruled India relied heavily on non-Muslims in army and in the government. 
There were few jihadis like Sayyid Ahmed of Raibareli, but these two were possible agents of British East India Company and dark horses. The fierce tribal Pashtuns, who were later termed as terrorists by Pakistani states, parts or elements, were initially the best collaborators of British East India Company and by and large till 1857 joined the company's army that looted Muslim symbolic cities like Delhi and Lucknow during the Great Rebellion of 1857-59. Punjab, now the bulwark of Pakistan Army and Frontier or KP, the citadel of Pathans, was dead loyal to the British company in 1857. Even meek Afghanistan led by a political mouse called Dost Muhammad Khan for a petty subsidy of 13 lakh rupees per year was totally loyal to the British East India Company during 1857. So politically these were all docile, mild, pathetic states or characters or groups so forget about jihad the pashtun tribal clash with british had more to do with poverty and economics than with jihad of course jihad was used as a slogan to motivate fools as it has always been done in history with due apologies the present Pakistani state action in FATA and Waziristan was also launched by Pakistani military usurper General Musharraf to fool the USA as he hit the Taliban in Balochistan and was an unprovoked unilateral unjust war launched by Musharraf Starting October 2003, there are massive references to support this assertion. Pakistan, unfortunately, was misguided by officers whose tribes were kicked out of Waziristan. I repeat, whose tribes were kicked out of Waziristan by the Masoods and these opportunist officers sadly were part of this escalation in the Musharraf era and later. But no one will inquire as this would upset and disturb the USA or Pakistani apple cart. Mind you, in the end it is all about dollars and money. The jihad tradition was crafted nowhere else but in the USA by some short-term, naive, short-sighted U.S. characters in 1950s in the Cold War. As I read the foreign relations of the USA documents in 1996-98 in Arlington and D.C., I used to live on the Columbia Pike in Arlington. I was glad to learn that some spirited U.S. State Department and CIA officers, even in 1950s, warned the rather naive U.S. state 
against use or misuse of jihad against ussr but these sensible and rational officers were brushed aside jihad was all about money the us afghan war and later spun out of control during the soviet afghan war all along jihad starting from the us soviet afghan war was state sponsored and launched by state proxies this includes the soviet afghan war and the present us afghan war ongoing in my stay in afghanistan till due date to date i did not see a single non state actor which cnn bbc or pakistani tv channels would like you to believe the discourse can be endless 98% of so called terrorists that i saw in afghanistan were us proxies in lead and almost equal pakistani state proxies followed by others now this is a short podcast and we can discuss more in detail but for god's sake don't believe the state narrative these false claims about terrorism about stopping money laundering are nonsense the biggest money launderers are hsbc and australian banks which have been repeatedly fined but you see the us state department and the overzealous officials in ue blocking small transfers of 500 or 1000 dollars so it is all nonsense much of the narrative which you hear on cnn bbc fox is nonsense for god's sake listen to these narratives with a pinch of salt thank you and god bless all